This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, good morning, good afternoon, wherever the case may be, wherever you happen to be, this, uh, well, at least here in L.A., nice sunny day. Uh, and we are here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Ask the Vets, which is Pet Life Radio's live call-in show on a Sunday morning at 9 in the West and noon in the East and wherever you happen to be in between. We're here for you, we're here for you pets. You want to pick my brain, take advantage of it because there's not a whole lot of it left. And um, you can reach me by either calling in at 877-385-8882, or you can better yet join us here on Zoom. Very easy to do. We'd love to see you, see your pet. And that is you go on to PetLifeRadio.com. You click on shows. You scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. There are a lot of shows on Pet Life Radio. And there's a Zoom link left to you there. Just click on the link and you can join us live. And that's kind of the way I like to do it. Zoom is a new thing, boy. Who knew? I mean, boy, we should have bought stock in Zoom a long time ago. It is the happening place to be. Uh, there are so many meetings. Uh, I mean, I'm on Zoom now every day for something. It's the way to, to bring people together when they can't be together. And you don't feel it. In fact, with my, you know, we don't use Zoom. We have our own platform. But we're going to talk about this in the second half of the show. What are we doing now? What should we be doing when it comes to our pets, our vets, and COVID-19 and the restrictions, we're going to help you navigate through that as well. Anyway, as you know, I always like to start with some kind of news in the news and using the American Animal Hospital Association, AHAS News Stat, or AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association, Smart Brief. And these are little news snippets that I'd like to share with you. And by the way, if at any time during the show you want to join in, do so. Join in. You can either send me a chat on Zoom, but we'd like to see you. We'd like to see your pet. And what I've learned of late, just being in this telemedicine world, is that you can tell a lot from looking at an animal. When you're on the phone with someone and you're doing telemedicine on, an, on a platform that does not, that's doing text chat, it is not nearly as effective. The veterinarian cannot be as helpful as he or she can when she gets to see that pet. You've heard the expression, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth a hundred thousand words. You could just tell so much more when you see the pet. So I mean, when I'm taking a call, the first thing I'm doing is say, okay, no, turn the camera and let me see. Let me see what Bowser looks like. Let me see Fluffy. And you could tell so much more. Anyway, the Veterinary Medicine, the Medical Diagnostic Lab at Texas A&M University School of Veterinary Medicine has now started testing. Now, remember, there's a vet lab, COVID-19, tests for their, you know, the local healthcare providers and staffs at the hospitals, and they are have the capabilities of doing many, many more tests than just those, but they're waiting. They need to get regulatory waivers from the, I guess, state government or federal government before a veterinary diagnostic lab can start doing the COVID test. Now, guess what? We've been doing tests like this and testing for corona for years and years. There's more coronavirus in animals than there are in people. So, of course, a veterinary diagnostic lab can do this test. And um, they just have to get you know the, the regulatory waivers to do so, but they are offering and will be, be um, being able to help more and more people get tested because I think we're going to see this and then more veterinary diagnostic labs opening up as well to run these tests just to make it more uh, efficient for the, those of us that need to be tested. This is nice. The ASPCA, 
I know you've been seeing their heartwarming commercials. They're teary-eyed looking at these, the treatment of these poor animals. Anyway, they launched at a $5 million COVID-19 response initiative, which is to issue grants for animal welfare organizations and other shelters to provide pet foods for those people in need who can or are having trouble feeding their pets. And also, what they did was they set up a best practices guide for shelters across the country. They worked along with the CDC and the shelter medicine community for shelters to have to take in pets from families or for people whose lives have been so turned backwards and upside down uh, that they need to at least temporarily have their dogs taken care of. So that's very sad. So hats off to ASPCA, $5 million can do a lot of good. Now, one thing that, we, that there's been a lot of stories I know we've heard about, you know, this all started with the two cats, domestic cats in Belgium. Then it went to Nadia, the tiger at the Bronx Zoo, and some other tigers at the Bronx Zoo that have been affected with COVID. And then we had the domestic cat here in the States. Now we thought, okay, what's going on here? Do we have a mutated virus? We learned that the binding sites in the, there's an enzyme called the ACE2, the angiotensin converting enzyme type 2, ACE2 for short, you can figure out why. That enzyme in cats and ferrets is so closely related to the, the one in ours that it can bind the virus particles and it travels to the, the lungs. And these animals can get mild respiratory infections that have not proven to go the other way around from the cat back to people. Well, now Winston, that dog, was diagnosed again with COVID. Now, I, many of us have our own theories about Winston because apparently, unless there's another binding site somewhere in the body, the ACE2 enzyme in dogs is not similar enough to bind to the SARS-CoV-2, which is the, the virus itself creating COVID-19. So we think that like the dogs originally from China, uh, there were stories of a Pomeranian uh, that have since passed away, but it was 17 years old. It wasn't because of COVID. Is that this dog, Winston, is lived in a, with a family. There were four people in the family. The mom, dad, son, daughter. Daughter did not get to sick, didn't test COVID uh, positive. But the, the mom and the dad and the son did. Well, guess what? What do mom and dad do? They're physicians. They're doctors. And dad is a, an emergency room doctor. So obviously, the exposure that they have had is extremely high. And they probably came home with it. And like with our suspicion with the other dogs in China, the virus didn't actually attack inside the dog, but it got on the dog, who then cleaned himself and then gets the virus particles in the mouth, maybe got a little sick, respiratory sick. It's a pug. Pugs get, pugs breathe. <laughs> you know what pugs sound like. It's so hard to tell whether this pug, Winston was really sick from COVID or just sick. And because the parents, they tested the dog, the dog came up positive like a doorknob would in their house or anything with two doctors who are dealing with COVID. So we don't know enough, but we do know this, that let's say it was, let's say it's some, maybe it was a, is a mutation of the virus and now it can affect dogs. There's been no evidence, none whatsoever that the virus can go from an animal back to a person. So therefore we want to make sure that you know that you do not need to worry and uh, we are recommending, of course, just basic hygiene. Now, if you are immunocompromised, then people that are immunocompromised, just like with capnocytophaga, if you remember the show we did months and months ago of that weird bacterium that affects people, it comes from saliva of dogs. And 
It is an infection that literally causes gangrene and poor tissue perfusion in, in extremities, arms and legs. And this poor guy had to have both his legs amputated below the knee and his um, arms amputated because of this infection. Well, guess what? He was immunocompromised. So if you are immunocompromised, as with any infection, it could be you know the COVID-19, it could be any bacterial infection, you need to be very, very careful anyway. But if you are a healthy person with dogs, you do not have to panic. Just practice basic. You're taking your dog out for a walk, no problem. Stay six feet away from another dog that you don't know or people that you don't know. Uh, when you get home, if you want to wipe the dog down, whatever it is you need to do to make yourself comfortable, give them a wash, wash your hands. Basic hygiene is all you need to do. Uh, wear your mask out there. We're going to talk about it, uh, later on in the show about what happens when you need to take your dog to the vet and what types of cases should you go to the vet? What should the vets be doing to give some guidelines for you and your veterinarians as well? This I love. And the, <laughs> we just have to admire dogs so much. Here's a good one. So University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, they're working with the, um, it's the dog center training dogs to detect COVID-19 through their noses. So what they're doing is they're training eight Labradors and we're doing, they're detecting odors coming from patients that are positive for COVID-19. And then they're using another group of people that are COVID negative. And they are training these dogs because, you know, as, as we know, and I've, we've talked about this before, the amazing noses of dogs such that we have 5 million nasal receptors. They have about 250 million. They have 50 times, count that 50 times the olfactory receptors in their noses that we have, and they are able to discern odors that we can't even begin to pick up. And so just like dogs that are able to detect difference of smells and detecting cancer in people, and they're detecting a lot of things. So this is great. They think they're going to see if there is a difference between a person who's COVID positive versus one that's COVID negative, discernible enough for a dog. And then can dogs start making diagnoses of people via their nose. So we're going to see how this, that this uh, pans out. But uh, I think that is really, really cool when you think about it. Now, this is a great story. So as we know, there's some jokes around it too, about one of the first COVID deaths was, uh, you know, from a guy who was home. And after four days of quarantine, having to stay at home, his wife strangled him. So uh, we know that dogs are also getting a little crazy with us. At first, this is great. They're saying, now, you, see, you see what our lives are like? No wonder why you're staying home because you're, you're finally seeing the light. How cool it is to be home all day. But now, I think now we're driving our dogs nuts. So um, here are some signs that you can recognize that your dogs are getting stressed out and cats, by the way. It's quite a long list. You don't have to, uh, you want to join us here online. All our shows are recorded. You can play it back just so you know. But there are a lot of ways you can tell that your pets have had enough of you already. Get back to work because they, they want the peace and quiet time at home. So some of the signs is licking or chewing their forelegs. And it's just a list. Cats pulling fur from their abdomens. They're over grooming themselves to the point of literally tearing out clumps of hair, excessive shedding, trembling, pacing, dilated pupils, dilated eyes, flattened ears. Their ears go back on their head. Yawning. That's a sign of stress for, for pets. Cats, well-trained, house-trained cats, suddenly missing their litter box or having a loss of appetite. Another one that's good, it's called a, they call it whale eyes or like a side view. They don't want to look you in the face. You can see their eyes looking to one side without facing you. They call that whale eyes. That's another thing. Nose licking for dogs. 
they're like licking themselves a lot, licking their nose, barking or whining, like vocalizing for no apparent reason, not because somebody's outside. They're just sitting there and they're, and, and they're just, they're getting bored stiff. They're stressed out from having you home all the time. But uh, and again, no obvious reason they're barking. If your normally social cat starts hiding, like hiding under a bed, that might be a sign that they're getting stressed out. And also dogs tucking their tails between their legs, like almost like they're afraid. Uh, you know, you've seen dogs do that. When they're afraid, they, t- they tuck their dogs, you come home. This is why it's so difficult to, to decipher because, you know, you come home and you see your dog ears back, kind of looking, not wanting to look in the eye, tail down. Okay, what did you get a hold of? What did you eat? Which garbage did you get into? They know that, you know, that you're going to get pissed and they're already starting the behavior. But it also, if nothing is going on, you can't find anything, it could be that they are getting stressed out. So as we are dealing with our dogs and we and our cats, our pets, it's good to realize these signs of stress. Recommendations are, even though you're home, leave them alone. Let them do their own thing sometimes. If they want to rest, let them rest. Give them things that, that they can play with. And, then, and we don't want them to get so used to us anyway, because the alternative, the other side of the coin is, if they do get used to that, and then life gets back to somewhat back to normal, and you're going to be going to work every day, and you're going to be leaving them alone, we want to make sure that they understand that um, they can be alone by themselves and not get stressed. So it happens both ways. Anyway, don't go away. We're going to be back right after these short messages. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the whole thing about what do you do when your pet's sick during this crisis, how to be safe, how to handle it, how to handle your vet, what vets are doing. I mean, it is rather complicated. And boy, there is so much variation out there. We're going to try to sift through it and give you some pointers and uh, help you. We'll be back after these short messages. dot When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. I have the perfect gift for Mother's Day. You know, I can't visit my mother-in-law as much as I'd like to, and that's why I love the Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to, and they appear in seconds, so my mother-in-law can see the pictures right away. And I have a great savings for you. Just go to skylightframe.com slash pet and you'll save $10. That's right. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash pet, P-E-T, and you'll save $10. And get ready to receive sheer happiness thank yous from your recipient because they will love this. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And no surprise, if you try to get a hold of your veterinarian, things are changing. Um, we have some issues where a lot of vet hospitals are closed for routine. They're only available for emergencies. 
Many of them are using telemedicine, which is fantastic. Different platforms out there. And um, so you need to have just some alternative plans when it comes to your past. Now, of course, anything routine that could wait a while, it's going to wait. Now, some of the vets are open. They're modified hours. I know that. In fact, one of them, my air vet calls that I took, the dog I spoke to this morning has a bad eye. It definitely needs to be seen with eyes. You can't mess around. But I say it's an emergency, probably not an emergency, but it's urgent. We can't wait two, three days. So therefore, it's very important to be able to see somebody. Uh, that's why I love the video aspect of a lot of the telemedicine platforms, because you can actually talk to the vet and see. The problem is in veterinary medicine, as opposed to human medicine, that we have restrictions about what we can do as a telemedicine doc. And there has to be what we call a VCPR. So that's a veterinary client-patient relationship. We need to know the pet in order to be able to diagnose and prescribe. Most states have very strict rules and regulations. So if you're going to be talking to a, a vet, not your vet, with a telemedicine platform, understand that they may not be able to help with everything you need. They can educate you. They can give you guidelines. They can have you try to do things at home to at least get you through the, the urgent part, but you still might need to see your veterinarian. Now, because of COVID-19, a lot of the states are changing their rules in the case of an emergency. And if it is an emergency, if it is really urgent and your vet is not available, then the veterinarian taking that call might be able to help you. That's important to know. So what do you do? So first of all, know your vet, know what their procedures are. When they're open, what kinds of cases are they are taking in? Are they going to allow you in the door or not? So you have to find out. Well, you could be maybe allowed, but you have to have mask and gloves. And we'll have a separate area in the waiting room, and they may only let one person in the waiting room at a time. Almost like you go to a market now, they're letting a certain number of people in at a time. There's a line outside the market, six feet apart, and as people leave the market, more people can come in. Very similar in vet hospitals. But what we're doing is they will let you in to go straight into an exam room, and you can't go into the exam room if it's being occupied. You just have to wait outside. Other hospitals are being even more cautious. They're only allowing for curbside. And you need to know this. So when you make the appointment, you need to give as much information as you can so you will be able to be, um, the, the doctors will know exactly what is the history of what's going on. You're going to come in, the nurse or the tech will come out and take the, pick up the pet from the car, go inside, and you will sit in the parking lot and wait. What I'm recommending is work with your vet, making sure they're using a telemedicine platform. And then what you do is you set up communication when the pet is taken from you and the car, then you can set a call and the vet can call you or you call the vet, depending on which platform they're on. And now you are involved in the office call. You are there, but you're not there. You're in the car, but you're still real time, live on video, talking to the doctor, seeing your patient, seeing your pet while the, the doctor's doing the exam. And that is really, I will tell you from experience now that that is a huge difference to be able to do that. And so you want to make sure that your, the telemedicine platform that your vets are using is going to allow that because that's very important. It's called, um, it's, it's basically, it's, it's curbside telemedicine. So you are able to be a part of the exam without being part of the exam. So what you need to do is, first of all, you should be knowing what your veterinarian's hours are, what the limitations are, and, and going from there. You, it's also, it's very important that a lot of the platforms uh, will allow you to specify a veterinarian. If you do, in other words, you can have your vet. Now, some of you go to a hospital and you see anybody you see, whoever is available, that's fine. So if you have a, a telemedicine issue and your hospital is using a platform, they should be able to hook you up with somebody. My concerns are that many platforms 
are only working with the hospital, which is great if your doctors are available. But what happens if you're, you're working with a hospital, it is a platform that is helping doctors and staff work with you, their client, during hours. But what happens after hours? Is there going to be a doctor available? So you want to make sure that your hospital is making some arrangements, either with a different platform or that your hospital is adjusting their platform to allow for after hours as well, or else you're going to get that same recording that you've gotten, going to send you an emergency clinic, knowing how many emergencies aren't, and knowing that now emergency clinics don't want you there if you are if your problem is not really an emergency. So these adjustments you've made. We, for example, with our AirVet platform, one of our big emergency centers, we work with Compassion First Hospitals that are pretty much emergency specialty clinics and with a big, very large hospital in New Jersey called Red Bank. What Red Bank is doing is they are, when you call Red Bank, they are having you first call us, AirVet, to talk to a veterinarian to see, is this an emergency? Do we need you to go to this emergency hospital? And don't get me wrong, not waste the time, but not use time efficiently since the problem that you're having with your pet is not an emergency. You need to talk to somebody, get some suggestions. And yes, you can wait till the morning. What they don't want, these emergency facilities don't want to be overloaded with cases when they have to wait even longer because they can only take one or two people in at a time, depending on how many emergency veterinarians are there in the evening. And you're going to wait an unnecessary long amount of time for something that wasn't really an emergency. And so therefore, it is in everyone's best interest to have these cases pre-vetted, pardon the pun, to make sure that the, the issue that you're having is something that needs to be seen tonight, or you know what, it could wait and see your regular vet in the morning. But then you need to know what your regular vet's hours are. So this caller I just had with this eye problem, and eyes, I get concerned about eyes, sent me the schedule for the next day for tomorrow for the doctors. And they really are scheduled very scheduled. This doctor is going to be here from you know 8 to 11 and then from 3 to 4. This other doctor is going to be from 11 to noon. I mean, it goes on. And instead of a, and even in a four or five doctor practice, they only have one or maybe two doctors on. So they're really trying to streamline the potential for exposure for their staff, for you, and of course, pets. So um, it's a very different world we're in right now. So my recommendation you should be on some sort of telemedicine platform. First, check with your vet hospital, see if they are on one. And of course, that would be the most prudent one to be on. If they are not, find one. I will tell you, we'd love to have you on our platform. It's called AirVet. You can download it. And we are obviously working with hospitals. So we would. it's better, of course, if your hospital is using AirVet as well, because then you can communicate with your vet regularly. And yet, if not, if no one is available, we will put you in touch with a vet somewhere in the country, not within 50 miles of your practice. And you can talk to someone like me. And I, can, I can't tell you how many problems have been resolved or resolved enough to put everybody at ease until they can get to their vet without panicking, without rushing, and making sure that everyone's taken care of. But also the truth is, if it is something that's urgent, we will let you know and then help you get to uh, where you need to go. Now, another thing that we found is that, as I mentioned earlier, since a lot of the states are easing up on their VCPR standards, that's the veterinary client patient relationship restrictions, even a remote non, not your personal vet, but a veterinarian might be able to prescribe things in the cases of an emergency, given the fact that with COVID-19, the hours are so limited and sometimes problems are 
emergent and need to be seen right away or at least treated right away. So it's gotten very complicated. There are a lot of blurred lines right now because of the situation we're in, but it's very important for you to have that access to a veterinarian 24-7. And unfortunately, because of what's going on, it may not, or maybe in some cases, probably won't be your own vet. So speak to your hospital first thing tomorrow, find out what they're doing, how they're doing it, and then let them know that you heard from Dr. Jeff. Uh, Let them look into AirVet. We'd love to help them out. I will tell you that I've personally taken over 1,300 calls and they are, I mean, clients are loving the fact they get to talk to somebody now. And by doing it remotely, it's like us talking right now. You see me, I see you, I see your pet. So it's really a great way to go. Anyway, we'd love to have your questions and concerns, whatever they may be. You can send them to me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. And um, they will be, you know, I will get all of them. We can answer you. I'll answer you personally directly. Or if it's really a good matter, I may ask you to Zoom with us next Sunday because it, I, we can learn a lot. Just like I learn a lot from other people, I learn a lot from other doctors. Other listeners and viewers can learn a lot from your problems because chances are somebody out there in the Pet Life Radio world is having the same issue with their pet. And this is only something that can be beneficial for everybody. So don't be afraid. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. And um, uh, just stay safe, social distancing, be smart, be safe, and but still don't even think about not loving your pets. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.